Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Hello and welcome to another episode of Idleman Unplugged. This episode features a special interview of Pastor Shane with the YouTube channel A Healthy Alternative about the good, bad, and ugly of fasting. We hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. I hunger and thirst for your righteousness and it's only found in one place. So today we've got a special treat. We've got Pastor Shane Idleman here. And he has completed a 40-day water fast or, well, a 40-day fast. We're going to get into the details of the fast and everything here very shortly. But I want to give uh, Pastor Shane an opportunity to share with us um, a little bit of background about himself. And then we're going to dive right in and we're going to get y'all's questions. And we're going to have a lot of fun. So, Pastor, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure, I'd love to. And you need to know that I actually watched a lot of your videos on a healthy, uh, on a uh, healthy alternative, and that kind of helped me motivate me, prepare me. Um, and I've I've got a heart for fasting. I've written a few books on fasting, and I pastor a church here in Southern California. We're about an hour north of Los Angeles, and uh, just fasting has been on my heart for quite a while. Maybe we can get into that in a little bit. And so I've I've done a lot of research on it from autophagy and Walter Longo here in Southern California, I think he's at USC, um, on longevity and, and different fasting and how it affects the body from stem cells and growth hormones and all kinds of things. So I wrote a couple books on fasting and actually your audience can download them for free. We, we, we make them available as free downloads on our church website, westsidechristianfellowship.org. Again, that's westsidechristianfellowship.org. Just download it free and be blessed. And that's really what I want to do is encourage people. So long story short, I, I love fasting. I've done some pretty lengthy fasts, uh, nine days or 11 days. And uh, I, even, I even did about 40, 40 days uh, over a three and a half month period last year. And it's just where God has me right now. Uh, I can explain that later. I don't want to get too fanatical about it, but I think the, the problem in our country isn't fasting too much. It's overconsumption. And for so sure. trying, trying to find that balance and really just helping people because I pray for a lot of people you know, we've got a, a, a large church here in Southern California, and I'm praying for people, it seems like, every week for diabetes and heart-related issues and, and things that are actually type 2 diabetes, I should clarify, actually are diet-related. Mm. And so I'd love to pray for people. I believe in that. But also, you begin to wonder how much of this current problem and current crisis is self-created mm-hmm. uh, because of overconsumption, the wrong types of foods. And I do have a, a background. I was actually a district manager, believe it or not, for 24-hour fitness. Uh, in my 20s, and I supervised a lot of our accelerator oh, wow. results programs. And I, I had about, I don't know how many, 40 to 50, 60 trainers underneath me and um, never really got anything, uh, not a degree by like the National Academy of Sports Medicine or anything, but just did a lot of studying, a lot of reading. I just love how the body works. And I and I love to help people because, they, and you know from your channel, people have a breakthrough and completely. And I believe the physical, our physical mm. body and the spiritual are interwoven. So when I'm doing good physically, I'm also doing good spiritually. And when I'm not doing good spiritually, 
my physical seems to suffer as well. And there, there seems to be a connection. I believe God created us, you know, body, soul, and spirit. And it's, it's, uh, we don't put the physical equal, but there, there's a benefit in taking care of this wonderful gift uh, we have given. So I, I can explain in the future more if we need to, but God has just been putting on my heart for a few years to do a long 40 day fast and preparing myself. Um, and I did, it was mainly just water, lost 37 pounds. But, you know, if I had to preach, let's say three times on Easter, I would bring, uh, you know, a, a, a mason jar of grapefruit juice, you know, just to get through mm. that day and, and being strategic, using wisdom. Uh, there's a few times, you know, I would just have maybe a protein shake um, just if I had a, a, a very busy, busy week. For example, the first week I started, uh, we had church services every single night every night for a week at six o'clock. And so, you know, if I had to have a little bit of nutrients to get me through that, I wanted to use wisdom as well, but it was, it was incredible, uh, incredible experience. And now we just want to talk about it. People can find it on YouTube. If they just put a 40 day fasting experience by Shane Eidelman, uh, it should pop up. And we did a documentary on it. And, and I talk a lot more extensively in that uh, documentary about it and how it helps people. That's beautiful, man. I mean, you know, to have such an extensive background as it relates to fasting and also the the work that you do. One of one of the things uh, we were kind of chatting earlier, and I mentioned that my dad is a bishop. And so I grew up in the church. I mm -hmm. saw a lot of disease. I mean, we had the, the weekly prayer list, right? Yeah. Uh, sister so-and-so has this. Brother so-and-so has that. Sister so-and-so can't be here because she's on bed rest or whatever. And there's so much sickness. And we're not... I think that our focus is it's once again, we're mind, body, soul, right? We're this, this collective and we're just focusing just on spiritual and um, we have to do the work, the physical work. And I right. think fasting is a, a beautiful marrying of those um, different dimensions of us. It, it helps you holistically, which is why I love it so much. Right. Uh, I, I did want to, Shout out. We've got a couple people in here from different, different places. Egypt, Cincinnati. That's uh, kind of my hometown. Mm -hmm. Chicago. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are interviewing Pastor Shane Eidelman. He did a 40 day um, fast. So we're going to be getting into the details of that. And uh, I wanted to ask you, going into the fast, I know you had mentioned earlier that you you just felt led and, and kind of called mm -hmm. to do this. Were there other factors that contributed to you wanting to do a 40 day fast or just fasting in general? Absolutely. I believe. Um, and it's funny, as a, as a pastor, you know, we've got a, a ministry outside on social media and I get a, a, with the positive feedback comes a lot of negative feedback. Mm. And, uh, you know, people don't want me to talk about this issue. Hey, just stay in your lane. And usually they're overweight. <laughs> you know, they're overweight. They're not eating good. They're just they're really convicted. And, and I'm the punching bag. Uh, which is okay. So a couple other factors were I really wanted to help people. Number one, I want to show them you're not going to die. You're actually created to switch energy sources. So when you, when, and if you look at my fasting video, I show footage from the 1940s and 50s. You can't find any obese person in, with thousands of people walking around New York. Mm. And so with now with fast food establishments on every corner, uh, social media, we've grown so lazy and we are, we are, we're actually really damaging our body. And so showing people you're not going to die because, as you know, you switch from glucose, it's stored in your muscle and liver, uh, and, and, and then you switch to ketone bodies. And, you know, I've always struggled with my weight. So I've, I've got a, a passion to help those people, and I can relate to them. I'm 6'2", and I was 230 pounds. 
Um, and you know, that's 40, 50 pounds overweight, ideal mm -hmm. weight. People say there's no way because I don't look it because I'm, I have a history of, of bodybuilding too. And even steroid use in my twenties, uh, Sustanon and, and Winstrol and Anadrol. And, and, and I know a lot about testosterone anabolic effects. Uh, and so I really wanted to just heal my body. And so I wanted to not only spiritually, but I wanted to heal my body physically and get really deep into autophagy. And my joints felt so much better. Um, everything was just really repairing itself. And I actually did. I could have went deeper. Um, but, you know, I want to use wisdom as well. And um, so that was the motivating factor was spiritual and physically. I could tell my 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 toes were falling asleep uh, a lot. Of, if you look up like the top six or seven indicators of diabetes, top top seven indicators that you might have diabetes, type two diabetes, health related. I, I actually had all seven of those. And here I am, I know about nutrition, I know about exercise, I know about you know high intensity interval training versus cardiovascular versus you know how glucose is burned. And but here I am, and I'm actually eating pretty healthy. I was eating really healthy. I was just eating too much. And uh, my body was really mm. starting to pay the pay the price. So I had a lot of goals uh, to hit, and I believe spiritually, physically, emotionally, uh, everything benefited from that. Um, out of curiosity, do you can you explain um, autophagy a little bit? Yeah, autophagy is actually uh, I think it was from Japan. He won a Nobel Prize in 2015, 2016. Don't don't quote me on this, but uh, for actually discovering autophagy. And what autophagy is, it's a, the Latin words are autophagy or self consuming, consuming self. So we are so incredibly made by God that our body actually when we begin to when we fast it will it will break down diseased tumors it will break down diseased cellular structure that's not being used anymore dead decaying things it will begin to consume those kind of think of pac-man you know pac-man will go in, and, and autophagy now begins to clean and even your eyesight gets better your joints get better because it, your your body's not breaking down your heart and your liver and your spleen, all these things for fuel, that's called starvation. And you don't hit that for quite a while. And your body begins to break down dead and decaying tissues. They call it self-consuming, autophagy. Mm. But then you have uh, ap apoptosis, apoptosis, which is different. That's when your cell basically commits suicide and it, it, because it's, it's dead and decaying. And so all these wonderful things begin to work deep into the cellular level and the mitochondria. Your cells begin to actually rejuvenate and get rid of the dead and diseased tissue. It's a wonderful thing. And actually, autophagy begins, I think, probably they're finding within, you know, 20, 24 hours of missing food. And then growth hormone elevates are elevated, which is great. Um, uh, the, the thing we don't want, which is insulin, is decreased. And glucagon, which is a good hormone, is actually increased. And so all these wonderful things happen fasting. What happens to most people is they stop too soon. If you right. can get through that third or that fourth day, yeah. um, you know, that's when deep, deep healing really can, you're not hungry anymore. I mean, I was cooking lasagna and grass-fed beef for my family and spaghetti and all kinds of wonderful things and just, just having water. You know, it looks good, but the desire is gone because that hunger hormone, uh, that hunger hormone is actually decreased after a certain right. time. From here. here comes the hunger. Here comes the hunger. Well, after about 10 minutes, you know, drink some water, it subsides. Mm -hmm. So it goes in waves. And to be honest with you, uh, Chris, the power of the made up mind is, I mean, I think that's, I think that's 80% of it. 
knowing I got to get through this. I have five kids at home. So, I mean, it wasn't like I could go, go to a fasting retreat. I get jealous of those people who can go to a fasting retreat, you know, yeah. whether it's true North. I talked to uh, Dr. Alan Goldhammer a little bit too during this and, and, or th that's wonderful. But for most of us, we need solutions that work at home. Mm -hmm. So I made up my mind, if I have to have a little juice to not snap at the kids and not be in my bed all day <laughs> and, and to, you know, I, I would do that. So it was, it was something that worked for me. Um, and I went really deep, but, um, your body, your, your, but again, we want to use wisdom. We should probably throw this out here as a disclaimer that, of course, you know, talk to your healthcare provider, talk to your doctor before starting any type of, of diet related changes and fasting. But if I took a group of 100 people, 90 of them could fast. Uh, the mm -hmm. problem is 90 of them have excuses why they shouldn't fast. Mm -hmm. I didn't do it for many years because I had borderline hypoglycemia and I start to get, you know, a little. Uh, shaky or the problem I came to find out was I was addicted to sugar. Mm. So I was, I was avoiding this wonderful gift of fasting and still caving into my favorite addiction, sugar. And eventually, you know, fasting really helps to clean your body and stabilize. I mean, we could talk a lot about, you know, how much muscle is lost, how much does it mess up your metabolism? How do you refeed to avoid refeeding syndrome? I mean, there's, there's just so much to it, but that that's, I think that answers the gist of your question. Absolutely. You actually answered another question, uh, which uh, someone had asked, what what day does it get easier? And um, I think that there's some things you could do in preparation for fasting to make it easier. So uh, when we talk about the hunger pangs, we're talking about um, grilling. So the grilling production, when grilling production spikes, your hunger the hunger is there and that's that's where you kind of that's where you associate those hunger pains. But you can reduce grilling production as you prepare for fasting by changing your habits. Yeah. So, you know, reducing how much food you intake leading up to your fast, um, eating more high water content stuff, stuff that's a lot, lot lighter and easier for the body to digest will help. And. I always tell people you want to fast for at least three days. Now we have, we have many different programs and things where people could fast for, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours. But I really like someone says, Hey, Chris, what's the minimum amount of time to fast to kind of get the best benefit? Mm -hmm. I would say at least three days. And it's to your point. It's all of the benefits that you get, um, from just giving your body enough time to yeah. kind of engage in that process of fasting. Um, what? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say with, you know, the, the really, um, I'm just going to shoot everyone straight. Fasting is actually not that hard. The reason it's so hard is because we're coming off of our favorite addictions. Right. We're having, we're having withdrawals. So before fasting, if you can get off of caffeine and nicotine and alcohol and processed foods and sugar and then incorporate intermittent fasting where you don't eat until late. I mean, I can go 24 hours without even eating. Like, I mean, I'm almost, I'm almost going to do it today, actually. I mean, it's right. just no, it, your body's already adjusted. So you can actually, you can, you can prepare the body and then it's just a natural thing. Wait a minute. My carbohydrates are depleted. Here's a little hunger, but you can deal with it because you're not overcoming caffeine addiction and sugar addiction. That's really why it's so hard because right. you're, you're, you're jonesing. You got to have that hit. You got to have that drink. And so people can take a week or 10 days. It's going to be hard, but it really helps to fast and your body is switching energy sources. So you might have that keto flu. You might not feel that well, but I looked as, hey, I'm not feeling well. That's a good thing because my body's repairing. 
Mm-hmm. Where in the past, I'd say, oh, I don't feel good. I need to eat something. Right. But granted, you have to use wisdom. I mean, I know what, you know, low potassium looks like, low sodium, uh, low magnesium looks like with heart palpitations or, you know, throwing up. And so you have to use wisdom in there. And I, I would take a, a multi-mineral um, trace minerals into my water sometimes just to keep those balanced. But you have to be careful because remember, our body is stored. We have enough vitamins and mineral actually stored in our body. I don't know if people realize that or not. But in our fat cells and different things, we have zinc and magnesium, potassium. We have these things already stored. So as your body's breaking it down, your body knows knows the amount it needs. And if you start just ma- you just start mega dosing of vitamins and minerals, and magnesium, and all these things, you could actually you could actually uh, really cause a little bit of harm to yourself. Mm. And and then you know at some point we can talk about refeeding if you like. But I don't know how many people really go past. You know if I don't if I don't go over five days, I don't worry too much about refeeding. Uh, it's when you, know, you go past that, you really have to worry about it. And I didn't do it perfect. I mean, the first day I did really good, five, six, seven hundred calories, not too bad. And then the next day, oh my, it's like you, <laughs> you, you awoke the sleeping giant. And so really the discipline it takes to start the fast is the same amount of discipline you're going to need to end the fast. And you Absolutely. really have to, you have to prepare your mind for that. And I didn't end up in the hospital. I didn't get really sick. I could just tell I didn't feel good for four, five, six days because my I think my my electrolytes, you have to remember now you're spiking glucose and now you're spiking insulin again. Mm-hmm. Now, so you really have to ease into this uh, like a, like the, the 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 digestive system has been asleep and you're just kind of uh, like almost a new infant baby. You're, you're, you're just slowly. I would say if, if to go as long as I went, you really need a week. Oh, uh, yeah. To, to refeed. And I, I didn't do that correctly. And if I could go back, that would be one thing I would I would definitely change. You know, the when it comes to re so I package prep, the fast itself and the refeed all together. Yeah, it because, has to be. Yeah. yeah. You just want to be in that mindset. So even when people do shorter fasts, as practice, I will tell them always refeed. Um, because also the other thing too is depending on the type of fast that you're performing, like let's say if you're doing a dry fast, I need people to be in the mindset of refeeding because your dry fastings are going to be shorter typically. And, um, you want to make sure that you come off a dry fast with water and you gotta, you have to kind of like do that mental work. So I always tell people, Hey, just refeed after every fast prep before every fast, even if it's 24 hours and it'll kind of help build that mental, mental fortitude you talked about. Yeah, now true. you did mention that, um, you know, the, the, the refeed syndrome. So I get this question a lot about refeed syndrome. If you want to, if you want to dive a little bit more into that, I'm yeah. sure people would love to to hear your points. Yeah. I've done a lot of studying on that. Actually, I wish I could have followed my own advice, <laughs> but, uh, uh, and maybe we, should, <laughs> maybe we should interject too briefly for so people know dry fasting is actually when you don't even have water. And some people don't even go swimming or take a bath or a shower because your skin, you know, can't absorb some of that, that, that water. Um, I don't get that mm-hmm. hardcore, but I have done well over, you know, 15 hours or so of dry fasting. And uh, I mean, the thought process is now you have no water. So your fat cells explode literally much, much quicker. Autophagy, they say, is increased by three times. Mm-hmm. However, it's a it's a it's an area you have to be careful in. And I don't know how long you recommend. And I, I don't want to overstep that, but I wouldn't go two, three days, you know, with more than dry fasting. Um, but that that that's really really can go deeper. 
Um, I, I try, if, if a person's just getting started, I usually don't recommend it because they're going to have a hard enough time at fasting alone. But I think 12 hours, you know, five at night till I get up at five in the morning, you know, that dry fasting time, it just, it seems like your body's just even breaking down things even more. But here's refeeding is so important because here's the key with refeeding. Most of you, I'm assuming, are fasting because of lifestyle changes, health issues, taking care of your body. So we don't fast, and now I get back into junk food again. This, this is actually you're your resetting your, your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so you have to remember refeeding. Oh, man, now I can start having pizza again. No, you need to, you need to just, just kind of get that in your mind because now this is my healthy reset. And so refeeding, everything is your, your, your digestive system has slowed down the microbiome that is the gut bacteria mm -hmm. has a, in many ways it has stopped and maybe a different type of microbiome now is growing because there's no more access to food not only that your insulin level has completely slowed down your potassium and magnesium your heart rate your blood pressure has slowed down your body is now adjusting and if you just go and throw in it's it's almost like dumping a truckload of 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 um wood onto a small fire you would just you would quench that fire, you destroy that fire, and so your body. The best thing for refeeding is okay, maybe a little bit of orange juice, or a couple hours later, a little a section of an orange. A couple hours later, a section of an orange. A couple hours later, maybe some bone broth. You're you're actually working your body into it, and you said it perfect, Chris. You have to when you talk about fasting, you have to incorporate the pre-fast, the fast. And then the refeeding, let that be your fast. You're, you got to factor in all that time. So I, I don't have a lot of meetings when I'm refeeding. I don't have any, any type of stressful events when possible mm. because your body – and you have to say, okay, this is not a time to eat. This is actually a time to refeed slowly. And then, you know, depending on how long you fast, uh, you can start to incorporate maybe some steamed vegetables the next day. Or, you know, uh, but I would avoid, you know, meat and dairy hard complex carbs you know sugar desserts all that any type of junk food fast food um that that is just that's just really gonna actually it's gonna hurt your body all you've done you've done all this to help your body and that's gonna really hurt it uh so that's that's re refeeding in a nutshell something to remember is if you go five days i would probably take that next day to refeed if you go seven days maybe two days you know if you go 15 days maybe four or five days if you do a 21 day water fast I would be doing a good, a good four or five days of refeeding, and then for some out there, forty day water fast. You know, you I, they recommend at least ten days. You know, mm -hmm. Alan Goldhammer, uh, Daniel Pompa, who who else is uh, a lot of the fasting experts, uh, Peter Atia. Um, you know, they they recommend quite a long, a lengthy period of of refeeding, or you'll avoid. People have actually ended up in the hospital, uh, right, with that because. You just, you know, your blood, your, your insulin spikes and your body's just, it's like a, it's almost like a, a think of a drug addict overdosing. Mm, you're, very over, good you're overdosing on nutrients that are great in small amounts. Alcohol, for example, you could, you know, would work the same way. Just, okay, small amount, no big deal, but you drink six beers. It's a big deal. So that's, right. you want to, you want to be very careful. And here's the key. If you can remain self-disciplined, okay, let's say, oh, man, I shouldn't have eaten so much. I, 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 okay, get back on track. Don't eat again for four, five, six hours later. Have a little bit. But if you can stay self-disciplined, guess what? That discipline falls into 
normal life, when you're over your fast, you can turn down that fast food. You can turn down that destructive uh, drink. Mm -hmm. You can, and, and you've built the self-discipline. That's what I teach, you know, from a biblical perspective is the importance of self-discipline, disciplining self. Uh, and it can be done. And we've just, we've just caved in to everything from, look at, there's a Starbucks on every corner, fast food on every corner. Just in my area, they put in the shopping center, there's, there's Panda Express, there's McDonald's, there's Subway, there's a, a Mexican restaurant, and there's one other fast food outlet, and there's maybe a donut shop. And there's only like 12 <laughs> stores there. And so, <laughs> I mean, the lines are full, and you see, mm. we are dying physically in our nation. Mm. We, are, we are a nation addicted to all these things. Now, we could get into a whole other topic on the food industry and how they actually have scientists working for them who will, who will get the right exact taste to just draw you in. It's that perfect point. They call it the pleasure principle. Mm. And just that, that right amount of sugar. Why is there sugar in bread? Exactly. Sugar and, and all these cereals. Why is there sugar and ketchup? Ketchup. And so, and so it, it, we, are, we are addicted is really what's happening. You know, mm -hmm. and, and, and we are we are addicted. And then we try to fast. We blame the fasting when we really should be blaming the addictions. Right. And that's that's the interesting thing that I learned through my fasting journey. The more I fasted, the more I ate well, I was I adopted an alkaline diet early on. Yeah. The easier fasting became the easier yeah. everything I was doing because the body will adapt to it. So a lot of people think, oh, you know, you, you've been doing this whatever for a year, this this diet, this fasting for a year. Right. That must be just the biggest struggle. No, it actually gets mm -hmm. easier and easier. And it's very empowering, you know, right. um, being able to say, no, I'm not going to like McDonald's doesn't entice me at all. No, like not either. not at the least bit. Um, and that wasn't always the case. But right. it takes you being diligent about, you know, making better choices every day. And it's really the small things. Hey, yeah. somebody's got some extra fries or something. No, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you just you just start with those small incremental steps. Well, Chris, um, this should this should help too on this point. Not to interrupt you, but I think it's important that your audience needs to know you can fall forward. You can get back up. But I don't do things perfectly. I, I mess up. I have pizza now and then, or something now and then. But really, for me, it's a fasted lifestyle. It's mm -hmm. a lifestyle of me telling the body no instead of me the body telling me what to do. Think right. about it. We get up. The body tells us, go to Starbucks, go to Dunkin' Donuts, get a donut. Now it tells me to go get some chocolate. Now it tells me to go here. Now it tells me to eat too much, drink too much. So we, we have to start disciplining the body and telling it no. And mm -hmm. what it does is, like you said, discipline produces more discipline. I mean, I can turn down Chick-fil-A, McDonald's. Pizza. I mean, I actually would. I love. I, I, I people won't believe this, but I love. I'm craving right now more a big, colorful salad with freshly cooked salmon right on top with some vinaigrette dressing. I mean, that sounds good to me. Why? Because I've been feeding on that right. all week or all month. And what you feed on, you become. And same thing spiritually. As I'm feeding on God, as I'm praying, as I'm seeking His Word and worshiping, I want more of God. And the same thing, it think, same thing happens with, with food as well. So people need to be encouraged. Yes, it's a battle. It is, it is hell sometimes to fight these addictions, but you can overcome it. If you're, if you're hooked on coffee, begin having half decaf, half decaf, half decaf, and, and wind yourself down and get off of these destructive things. And, and, uh, but if, I mean, in my case too, as a pastor, if somebody feels God has told them to go cold turkey, just starting tomorrow, I need to fast, then, then so be it as well. You know, I've, I've, I've seen people not have hardly any withdrawals. 
Is that amazing? And then I've seen yeah. other people like myself. We man, it's like it's like a, a, a drug addict coming off. Of, <laughs> yeah. you know? But I, I want to before I forget, I want to I want to springboard off of something you said. If you think of how we were created, how, how did God create us? We should be able to switch from glucose to ketose pretty easily. Let's say, you know, hunter gathers, whatever we're, we, we feed, we find something and now we might not have food for a few days. Mm-hmm. And so our body can switch to keto, ketogenic, the ketone bodies, it, it can switch pretty easily. And we actually don't get tired and sick when that happens. We actually have more energy and more mental clarity. Right. To- and define things. So it, it's it's actually we were actually designed to fast. We we were designed even intermittent fasting. They say, mm-hmm. well, it's just a trend. I well maybe, but it's also we we shouldn't have to we sh- we don't need to pick out every every three hours. And that's what I was taught in the health and fitness industry twenty five years ago. Is you know every three hours keep your <laughs> metabolic rate up, and you got to do right. this. And um, you know we we've, we've really reversed a lot of our thinking in that area. Any well, it's question? kind of a trick, right? You, yeah. you, uh, you, you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll grab a couple questions here, but it's kind of a trick. You, the more you eat, yeah, it keeps your metabolic rate yeah. up, but the rate is up. What spikes for like thirty minutes and it goes right back to normal. So, it, it's it's kind of um, you know, when it comes to science, and this is why we tell people that they need to research for themselves. We can't just simply trust what people say. There's right. a saying that. You know, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't lie. However, numbers can be manipulated to to present a false narrative. And we have to understand that. But you're absolutely correct. Uh, fasting is part of it's only in recent history that we've been eating this much. I mean, even yeah. if you go back 100 years, it, even 100 years, you didn't have the fast food restaurants like we have now. You ate maybe you ate three square meals a day, breakfast, lunch and dinner. You did it at home. Mm-hmm. You didn't have all the snacking. Now I'm eating while I'm traveling. Now I'm eating while I'm in between meetings and, and all of this, you know, nonsense. We know it's um, it's funny, too, Chris. You'll know this term is I, I studied, you know, 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, because I like to study on revival and spiritual awakenings. And and of course, this issue they used to, you know, I don't want to offend anyone because this can apply to me, too. But they used to word use a word often called gluttony. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we don't we don't use that very much anymore, but that's 100, 150 years ago. That's what it was called. It was right. like hey, you're, you're being gluttonous. We're, we're abusing the body. We need to really rein it in right now and take control of this area. Because for me, when I'm out of control and when I'm eating too much, my sleep is hurt. I'm not feeling good physically or spiritually. Uh, I'm not mentally alert. I'm kind of just kind of depressed a little bit because I know I should be doing better and should be taking care care of myself better. And so it really affects, I think all of us, all of our body, soul, spirit, and mentally, emotionally, everything is affected by losing this battle on a continual basis. So on one hand, I want to encourage people. It's not about perfection or I wouldn't be here. It's about direction. What direction do you take, you know, 80, 90% of your life? That's mm-hmm. really how you get to your journey or finish your journey well. Yeah. Do the, do the right things more often than you do the wrong things. Yes. And yeah, it's, it's okay. I tell people all the time, look, I'm not perfect. I don't know where people get this idea that I'm perfect from, but I, I also feel like when you look at nature, nature is all about balance. So, um, perfection, the way that we view perfection, this flawless mastery, you make no mistakes. That's not even a natural thing because True. nature is all about balance. You have the, the yin and yang, light and dark. 
um, positive and negative. You know, even when you look at the the cells, the cells um, structured water is is has a negative and a positive charge to it, yeah. and that's how the cells absorb water. It's it's not about just all positive or whatever. Um, Jack O'Connor asked, "I've been trying to do intermittent fasting every month. Is it a good is it is it good to fast for a couple of days?" So he's having trouble um, intermittent fasting, but is it good to fast for a couple of days? Well, I would I would say absolutely. And the reason intermittent fasting is hard sometimes is especially if you're not prepared for it, because basically, OK, I didn't have breakfast. Uh, it's 10 o'clock. I'm hungry. It's 11 o'clock. I'm hungry. It's 12. And it's, it's like you're fighting this 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 desire to just want to eat. And so intermittent fasting, I encourage people to start with 12 hours, you know, and then start with 14 and start with 16. And start, you, you know, you can train your body. And so then at some point, if you can get through that first day, there's also a lot of motivation. I've, I forgot to mention that once I got through like three or four days, you know, you're down eight pounds and you're down. It's again, it's not about the weight or for me, right. it was about the weight, but weight was a nice benefit and it's motivating. And so I would I recommend, yeah, if you're having a hard time intermittent fasting, um, I would definitely advise fasting. Here's why. Here's a struggle I've had with intermittent fasting. It's like, OK. It's, I'll wait to eat, but then I'll eat too much. Or mm-hmm. now I've now I've eaten some nuts. Now I want some nor, more nuts. Now I want this, and now I, and so you keep that 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 hunger hormone alive. And it's it's really to me when people go on restricted diets, you know, thousand calories. That that to me is harder than water mm-hmm. fasting. Yeah, because because you're constantly keeping that hunger alive. You're keeping it sparked, and so it's a continual battle. Uh, I can't remember the name of the the uh, author of this quote, but they said that eating creates appetite, you know, yeah. so the more you eat, the more you want to eat. So and that, and that's, you know, part of the the, the refeeding syndrome and that, that whole idea. Uh, so we got to We have to it's a it's that mental piece is so important. But when you when, when I talk to people, especially about like their refeeding habits, and you mentioned this earlier, if you put good stuff in, that's what you'll crave. Right. And so that's the greatest benefit of starting well, especially when you refeed. And then the other thing, too, is you get to avoid the, the inflammation and, you know, the extra stress that goes on your organs. And you're not undoing any of the work that you did, because mm-hmm. um, one thing people got to understand is you put your body in a very sensitive state when you fast. Yeah. So you got to understand it's like you said, a newborn baby, you want to take care of it and coddle it and not abuse it by going to the Chinese buffet. Um, oh, well, Chris, you know what? That You just made me think of another great point. This can motivate people during the refeeding process. Did you know, and I mean, I, I did a lot of research on this. I, I don't know if you have either, but it is actually possible. Uh, you, you, I mean, even though you lose a lot of weight, you're probably only losing about a half a pound of fat per day. You know, a pound of fat, 3,500 calories, your base metabolic rate, mine probably dropped to 1,800 calories. And so you're about a half a pound a day. If you do the refeeding correctly, you actually, you don't have to gain any fat back. Right. You, you, and if you do this, it, that should be motivating. Hey, I'm going to keep mm-hmm. my caloric intake down and reasonable. I'm going to eat healthy God given food and I'm going to gain, I'm going to gain back the weight slowly. You're going to don't get, don't freak out when there's five, six, seven pounds quickly, because a lot of that is glycogen. Now your muscle bellies are full, full of water. It's not yep. fat. Your digestive tract is getting some some uh, fiber and content back, and really fat. You you can you can maintain your fat loss from here on out. You don't have to get back. And I 
I know there's different things on this, but I truly believe you do lose uh, possibly a little bit of muscle uh, during that because glyconeogenesis can take place where your body needs glycogen quickly and it takes from your muscle. So in my case, if I was staying busy and active, um, I, 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 I could burn a little bit of, of, of muscle in that process because the keto, the keto, when your body switches over, it's not a quick type of energy process. If it needs quick energy, let's say I'm, I'm sprinting or jogging, it could break down the muscle for that, for that, um, uh, the, for the energy for that movement. So, you know, I don't, I try not to worry about it too much. I don't think I lost too much muscle. The main thing is fat by far. Um, and you can be strategic about that. But anyway, I think that's how that works too with refeeding, how it can be very motivating. Hey, I'm gaining weight back, but I don't have to gain fat back. The way you're going to gain fat back is if you eat bad food and too much of it. Now, I know mm -hmm. there's a big debate about there. You know, we shouldn't have to count calories and in, in uh, uh, eat less, move more. And no, it's not about that. It's more about hormones. It's more. And there's a lot of truth in all of that. But the bottom line is, if you're eating more energy than you're burning, you will store it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just there's just no way around that. It doesn't matter how your hormone levels and, and all things are. Um, granted, hormones do play uh, a role. If men, if you have 800, 800 um, uh, reading of testosterone and I only have 300, you know, you're going to be able to burn more calories than me and, and maintain mm -hmm. your muscle mass because of testosterone. Right. But I, I don't think we can believe this, you know, hey, as long as it's healthy, eat whatever you want. You don't have to worry about calories. I mean, if I eat, if I eat a, a cup of nuts, I just ate a thousand calories. You know, that's gonna that's gonna be hard to, to maintain my my goal if I'm taking in too many calories. Because what happens when we take in too much energy? Calorie is just a unit of energy. So if I take mm -hmm. in too much energy, it's going to be stored as body fat, and that's just that's just the way it is. That's just basic basic uh, kinesiology. Yeah, nutrient nutriently dense foods are always touted as a good thing. And yes. now, when you talk about like superfoods and all the all the main all of the uh, marketing propaganda around it, it's just like eat superfoods, but um, you can consume too much. And I, I say this all the time. So you know, eating in moderation, not change. We got to shift this idea yeah. that we have to eat every three hours because that's what we've all been taught. Yeah. I mean, when when I was when I was growing up, the food pyramid was was absolutely trash. I think that the 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 people who developed the food pyramid recently made a statement saying, "Hey, you know what? It was garbage. We 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 messed up, right?" right. Um, but my my thing is that at the t at the current time, that science, whatever whatever that science was, that's what everybody believed. That made sense. But I feel like the, the outlets that are providing us this information, these governmental agencies or these these you know affiliations, these government mm -hmm. agencies have, um, they're going to continue to pro provide false information. I really like to do my own research. Yeah. And as it relates to like muscle, muscle uh, loss, I did meet my brother and I, we both did uh, long fasting stints. I did a three month process. Um, he did uh, maybe six months. And what we noticed was the muscle changes. So muscle mass definitely goes down. However, yeah. I noticed that my strength was maintained extremely yeah. well. Yeah. Um, the way you broke it down, I didn't test like the, the quick movements and, and all of that. I was just yeah. kind of at the gym lifting. But um, I, I noticed little. Um, actually, I didn't notice any uh, strength loss at all. Yeah. Uh, my brother noticed that as when he would build muscle fasting, he was stronger. However, he did not bulk up at all. 
Um, The only time you could even see his gains is if he was tenting. Otherwise, he looked very small, very trim. Yeah. Uh, Back home, we used to call those farmer muscles, just long, strong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a question. Uh, How do you combat not going number two while fasting? Is that is that bad news? Is is that bad? And how many times should we be aiming to release waste? Mm. Well, that's a good question. Um, Before I get to that, I think it's important too, because this is this is pretty big. People, one of the big questions is: Can I keep exercising? Can I work out? Um, at, At its core, fasting is a time of rest and rejuvenation. So, if somebody is trying to get rid of stage four colon cancer or diabetes, or I would say rest and rest. But if it's for fat loss or, um, you know, you have other goals, then I, I think a little bit of exercise. Uh, the Buchheimer Clinic in Germany, I don't know if you've ever followed them. It's about a 100-year-old clinic. They allow 200 calories a day, a little bit of juice, a little bit of soup, and they actually work out for an hour in the morning. And mm. uh, the results are phenomenal. So it depends what your goals are. And so that's why it's hard to tell. Here's exactly what you need to do. Right. You know, if I'm talking to a mom with three kids at home, I'm going to encourage her, hey, maybe have a little bit of juice or something with your kids. At least you can get through the night. You can get them to bed. You got to do what works for you. But if right. I'm talking to somebody who's just got a report from the doctor, they've got some uh, uh, lymph nodes that are possible cancerous. And, man, I would just get into deep autophagy. I would rest and let the body just really heal itself. But when it comes to um, number two is you the body is, again, how we were created. Um, you know, there's people go back and forth on enemas or not. I mean, I'm just. I'm just believe how the body was created and God knows what he's doing. And usually what will happen is after, you know, after a few days, bowel movements will cease to exist because if you've, if you've got rid of everything that has been stored in the digestive tract, everything has been broken down uh, and you can take some, you know, there's some salt and water combinations or magnesium citrate, I think it is. Um, But that didn't work too well for me because it made me kind of sick. So I would just, the body will do what the body needs to do. So after a few days, there's no bowel movements. Um, Let's say you're going a week. There's maybe you'll have a bowel movement every week as your body begins to maybe break down and digest some things. Um, So that was never something I was worried about because the body knows much better than I do uh, on, on how it works. And there are, you know, Herbert Shelton to McFadden, you know, back in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, on enemas, there's debate on that too. And, you know, I just I would just let the body do what the body does. Um, but I'm not against that. I, I, if somebody wants to do that, there's some benefits as well. Uh, as but there's also um, I, I look at design. How was the body designed? Was it designed two weeks in right. to have you know a half gallon of water dumped into your digestive tract with with coffee or chem- chamomile or all these enema ingredients? Right. You know, but doesn't mean it's it's necessarily wrong. I just don't know if you have to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe do a little bit of research. But that's what I, to answer her question, it's normal, you know, after a day or two. But then after that, man, some people have it every three days, seven days. Some people go, go a, a couple weeks. I remember, what was his name? David Blaine, that I guess, you know, like a magician out of New York, mm-hmm. did some crazy things. He was up in that uh, that contraption for 44 days. Um, and he, he said he got it all out prior to that and he didn't have any bowel movements at all. And so it's really let nature dictate the, when that would happen and how it happens. Right. Yeah. Um, I get that question a lot about bowel movements. I'm kind of in the same place with you uh, as it relates to enemas. I think enemas are, they, 
can be beneficial. Yeah. You know, um, it's important not to overdo it um, because yeah. it is unnatural. And, but it's a it's a it's a sometimes people will feel constipated. And that's sure. typically when I get these questions. It's like, hey, I haven't had a bowel movement for, you know, three, four days. I feel constipated. Um, and in that case, I think it's OK to use something to, to help the body. Uh, ultimately, you know, having a bowel movement is going to benefit you. So um, a water enema. Uh, I, I like to use hexane free castor oil. Um Certain things maybe even make people more bloated. Yeah. Um, recently, we've been we've been um, we had we started an affiliation with a company called the Root uh, Root Brand, and they have a product. Um, it's called Relife Greens. It's a it's a um, it's like a fiber, almost like a fiber supplement, but it's it's an amazing product. It's very easy on the body, and Got that it. that helps you to have bowel movements just like more naturally. True. So. There's a there's a couple different options for that. But for the most part, you know, if you yeah. just feel fine and you're just worried because you just haven't had a bowel movement, it's, yeah. it's likely just because, um, you know, the, the bowels are going to slow down when you're when you start fasting. True. True. Um, I had another question here from Jack. I'm going to put it on a screen here. Shane, if people under eat, their metabolism tends to slow and hold onto fat. How does the process differ in the body when it comes to fasting? Okay, oh, so he's asking the difference between fasting and a low calorie diet. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, with with and again, it would depend on how many calories in the calorie restricted diet, male, female, how much weight are they trying to lose? What are their goals? But just as a general statement, when you restrict calories, let's say let's say I go to fifteen hundred calories a day, and uh, or eighteen hundred, let's say, and over the course of a week, you know, I'm getting some results, I'm losing some weight. But what happens is your body says, okay, we've got to, we've got to slow, slow down our metabolic rate, which is the rate at which your body burns energy. So that slows down now to meet this new nutritional deficit or this calorie deficit. So now you're, you're down here. Your metabolic rate is down here. And if you stop that, and this is what happens with like the biggest loser on TV. This is right. why most, this is why most people gain their weight back. They're, 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 they're their metabolic rate is dropped now down here, which I don't think it drops, you know, it depends on what study you read, but you're, you could, you could drop a good 500 calories a day metabolically. And that's a lot over the course of a month, you know, it, it can really make a difference. So, and now you start, okay, I feel better. I want to start eating again. And you start eating uh, too much. And now your, your metabolic rate is down here. And now you're eating too much. And if you begin to store that body fat back uh, mm -hmm. because you're, you, and your body's like, uh Oh, I need to store this. And um, so what I tell people on calorie restricted diets is you can really switch it up 1800, 1800. Then maybe I'll have a feasting day of 3000 or, and then maybe on that day or the next day, I'll go on an hour and a half bike ride. You know, I'll just burn 1500 calories. And, and so you're keeping the body kind of guessing it, it doesn't know what it's doing. And that's why they even recommend with meat, dairy, carnivore, vegan, keto, we can get into that paleo at some point maybe, but that's why they, they try to switch some of those things around is so your body is constantly adjusting to it. Now with fasting, it's just your metabolic rate drops to what you need per day. And so let's say uh, you're not eating anything at all. Your, met, your metabolism slows down. Your heart rate slows down. My dropped almost 20 beats a minute. So mm -hmm. you're talking, you're talking 25, 30,000 less beats a day. So it's very healthy uh, as mm. well. So 
but now my metabolic rate is down here. So now how do I not gain back weight? Well, um, you have to be strategic and understand how, how your metabolism has been affected. So for example, it's been a month and a half since I ended my fast. I've gained back about 15 pounds of the 37 lost. And uh, how have I done that is once I, once I start the refeeding is over, you know, I'm still exercising, I'm bike riding, I'm being selective, I'm not just pigging out, I'm not eating late at night, I'm not, you have to be strategic uh, because now this new reset, I call it a reset, a metabolic reset, you don't know exactly where it's at, but there are things you can do. In other words, and that's why eating every three hours, the reason that was popular is because digestion of food takes up 50% of our body's energy. So I just ate, let's say 500 calories, but am I going to burn 500 more calories metabolically? And so I think the thinking was a little bit flawed there because if you're, you're consuming too much, that metabolic rate increase probably won't matter too much. But sorry, I'm getting out on a rabbit trail. To answer his question, yes, both calorie-restricted <laughs> diets and fasting will lower your metabolism because your body is adjusting now to this new thing. And especially when fasting, you have to remember this is a reset. This is something where your body is readjusting. So you can't go back to your old ways. You're actually trying to get away from your old ways. That was the whole point of fasting is to make a lifestyle right. change, a lifestyle difference. So, yes, we have to be strategic. Let's say, I mean, I could eat 3,000 calories when I was younger. I can't do that anymore. And so you have to be strategic on how you, you do that. So to answer this question, yes, they both drop. You just have to make sure you don't just go right back into your normal. But to answer this question at a different at a different level is your metabolic rate can get back to normal, but it can take a few weeks, maybe even a month. It can get back to normal. Okay, now you're eating consistently, you're intermittent fasting, you're exercising, you're walking instead of watching TV all day, and you're eating high-density nutritious foods. Chris, that's why, that's why high-density nutritious green God-given foods are so important because it satisfies the vitamin and mineral deficit. Yep, it satisfies exactly. the body, and then you're not as hungry because now you're satisfying all these nutritional needs. So, um, yes, they will both slow down your, your metabolism uh, quite a bit. Yeah, to that point, I did uh, I did a 14-day raw challenge. I think Steven did 21 days. That's hard. What we, <laughs> well, what we noticed was I was actually overeating really easy because yeah. the food was so nutriently dense. And, you know, your mind is used to eating stuff that's not as dense, so you could, right. you could eat more of it. Um, it was great for me because I was able to begin the process of training myself not to overeat. So for those who deal with overeating, that actually might be a good um, uh, exercise to do. Uh, but it really does work. And what I will say is there may be a um, a period of time where your body needs to kind of adjust. If, you, if you're just yeah. eating fast food all the time and you go to eating raw, it might take a little time to adjust. I, I don't eat that way. I didn't have that experience. So your experience might be different. But I think that that would be a great way to, um, you know, deal with with overeating. Um, we had another question. Let's see. Oops, wait a minute. <laughs> the chat moved on me. Hold on. Okay. See, Jennifer. Ultimately, my question is, what kind of fast does a person with a mood disorder on medication utilize to lose weight and get closer to God? I love an answer. No one ever wants to wants to. I feel OK. She's saying no one ever wants to answer it, I guess she feels mm -hmm. like. 
Yeah, it's mainly, I mean, would you say she's probably talking about, uh, say, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia? You know, I, let's just let's just assume that. And in my books on fasting, again, I should mention westsidechristianfellowship.org. They can download them for free, my book, books on fasting there. But I rent, mentioned uh, Dr. Yuri, I can't pronounce his last name, from Russia. Uh, he would actually cure those with, with um, psychotic illnesses by mm-hmm. fasting. Yeah. Because the body was able to to cleanse and readjust, and a lot of times we don't know what is happening. You know, things break the br- blood brain barrier and begin mm-hmm. to affect us mentally. So, to answer her question, I would recommend um, a water fasting that is deep healing water fasting that can really uh, lift. A lot of times, you know, people don't want to talk about this either. We just want a pill to fix my problem. But a lot of depression has to do with 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 imbalances chemical imbalances hormone imbalances mm-hmm. that are occurring in your body and so a lot of you, you mentioned fast food and people don't realize what they're getting in fast food everything from sodium nitrates to additives and preservatives and food coloring and artificial this and gmo genetically modified now where food is actually the genes are spliced with with genes from glyphosate and Roundup, so they call it Roundup Ready and so we're taking a lot of these things into our body and it's really throwing off our hormone levels off kilter. Uh, and so I would start with that. But to answer your question, I would encourage a water fast for sure. Um, and you say, hey, I'm two days into this. I can't continue. Have a little grapefruit juice. It's low calorie. And then see if that helps you get to the next day. And now on day four, I don't know if I can continue. Have a little bit of juice. Have some bone broth. Keep mm-hmm. that going. But it takes it takes quite a while to go deep into this. Um, and on my other videos, I, I, I didn't know Chris's audience here. I talk a lot more about um, you mentioned drawing closer to God. What it does spiritually, spiritually, first and foremost for me, is what you're doing is you're denying the flesh. And, and this, 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 this flesh is being denied. And therefore, the Bible talks, I mean, it mentions fasting many times in the Bible. Ezra, Nehemiah, David, and the New Testament, Old Testament. Jesus even fasted 40 days in the wilderness before he began his ministry. And so we see it's a suppressing of the fleshly appetites. And there's a, there's a deeper connection with God uh, as believers. And so that's very important. They work together. But the power of the made-up mind. And again, of course, talk to your doctor, talk to your physician. Jennifer, if you're on medication, you have to be careful too. say you're on Xenix or Vicodin or, or, or you know, you, what, what are the ramifications going to be? Uh, and also, if you're on medication, let's say for high blood pressure and you jump into a fast, be careful because the fast lowers your high blood pressure. And if you're on Coumadin, blood thinner or blood pressure medication that lowers it, that double combo is going to really put you in a dangerous level with blood pressure. So what I do with the physician is I say, here's what I'm doing. Would you monitor me? Uh, Mm -hmm. Don't ask them about fasting because most of them only have about four hours. That's right, four hours of training on how the body works uh, as they're studying to get their their medical degree. And even my physician will tell me he he doesn't know a lot how the body works because they they were educated to hey, this is happening. How can I get rid of this pain? How can I get over it? Yeah, they don't get deep, deep into how the body actually works uh, yeah. t- for healing to take place. Yeah, I, uh, that was something I was actually shocked about. When you talk about nutrition and, you know, healing the body, you just assume doctors are taught this and they're yeah. not. Yeah, no. um, It's absolutely absurd how little education they have. And I always tell people, in, when, you have a, when you have a legal matter, Right. You have a legal matter. You don't go to your mechanic and say, hey, what do you think about this legal matter? You go to a freaking lawyer. 
Right. right? So right. why are you talking? And this is the misconception. You don't talk to doctors about wellness. You go to a wellness professional. These are healthcare right. professionals. Um, they deal with pharmacology. They deal with treatment. They're, they're not in the business of healing the body. They're going to give you a right. pill to treat you. And people just need to understand. It's not a good or bad thing. It's just it's different. You don't go yes. to a mechanic for legal yeah. matter. It's well. And for example, I mean, you talk to most physicians. Hey, I came in. I'm 50 pounds overweight. I think I have type two diabetes. They'll give you medication. Why? Why are you going to? And actually, insulin's a problem. So you're going to go now. Your body is so so much carbohydrates and glucose. Your your body is resistant to insulin. That's the problem. So you have to take insulin to to put this hormone back in your body. Why not telling the person, hey, let's change your lifestyle and let's mm. fix the problem instead of giving you because most type two diabetes patients will never recover on medication. Right. It, it's a disease that is not, it's not curable on medication. It's only curable by reversing what causes it. Right. And uh, I mean, I can give you so many examples. I went into my physician in 2015. He said, Shane, you need high blood pressure medication. Your blood pressure is too high. I said, wait a minute, did, you, did the nurse use the big cuff? He goes, oh no, I don't think she did. So they used a big cuff. Oh, you're fine. You don't need medication. Exactly. Uh, my daughter needed her, <laughs> my 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 five year old needed her adenoid and tonsils moved. She was having a removed. She's having a hard time breathing, and it was inflamed. And the doctor said, we got to get her down to Children's Hospital and soon and get get these things removed. I said, okay, hold on, give me five days. Got her off of all sugar. Gave her a nap every afternoon. Five days, six days later, breathing is perfectly fine. I can give you another example. They wanted to prescribe. Um, uh, and, uh, the, uh, prescribe this this testosterone, a, um, uh, a performance enhancing drug. All we do is change the person's lifestyle and his eating habits, get off alcohol, and that testosterone it increases big time. Because if you give yourself uh, a synthetic testosterone, you're as a male, you're going to stop producing testosterone. Mm -hmm. Your body, yep. and then so. Well, how's that going to work? You know, and so there's. Well, you're you're I, on it now. You got to yeah. keep taking it. <laughs> yeah, and I love I love physicians. We have physicians go to our church. Nurses go to our church. We need them. But if you're in a car accident or you need some type of surgery, um, yeah. for sure. But if you're talking about repairing the body, and you know what, um, let's be a little controversial. They're not allowed to tell you. Uh, a lot of things like that. I, 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 uh, a friend of mine is an oncologist, owns an oncologist. He's an oncologist, uh, uh, oncologist, sorry, and helps a lot of cancer patients. He says, Shane, if I tell them what you're telling them, I can lose my license. Even right. Though, even though I know it will help them. Yeah. Even, even how, how absurd is that, Chris? I know that if I, Shane, but if I recommend fasting, man, I, I get some complaints at the board of medicine. I could lose my license. Yep. So I know doctors who have lost their license. Yes. Well, fasting, you would lose your license in the 80s. Listen, listen to Dr. Alan Goldhammer's testimony. He had to mm. go to court in the 1980s because he was recommending fasting. And it's just we've yeah. just, you know, it's but it's this, you know, let's let's take this pill. Let's take this thing. And and, um, you know, anyway, I don't want to get I'm getting on a rabbit trail on that one. But uh, is there more questions that came in on that topic or any other topic? <laughs> You two might kick us yeah, off. Yeah, that, that's a, it's a touchy, it's a touchy subject, huh? Are you? Are you? Can uh, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, just fine. Okay. Okay. 
Um, no, it was, it's a, it's a touchy subject when it comes to that. I think that people, you know, ultimately you just need to make a decision. Yes. Are you, do you want to make the lifestyle changes? If you do, then you can get a much better outcome. If you don't want to make the changes, then you do have our medical, True. our medical system. So, yeah. Um, exactly. Let's see here. I think I did have another question, but I might've lost it. Um, okay. So Jennifer, the lady who asked about the mood disorder, she said it was bipolar. Just want to let yeah. you know it's bipolar. Um, but we should okay. say, I should tell, you know, Jennifer, anyone else listening, we're not saying, and I know you're not saying fasting is a cure. It, it, all it does, all it does is it stops the production of food and chemicals and things that cause 90% of our problem and allows the body now to use that energy instead to begin to heal itself. And right. so with bipolar, you know, some people I recommend, hey, if, if they need medication to balance out that serotonin level, you know, that that's that's totally up to them. I'm not against that whatsoever. But um, I would I would look at first how the body is being uh, being affected with physically with what we eat and our lifestyle choices and things like that. And fasting just allows your body to now reset and readjust. Why do your joints feel better? Why many times does your eyesight feel better? Why? Because you're getting rid of a lot of the toxins that have been been causing the damage. If you have if you have a group of workers, right? Like let's just imagine these construction workers in your body and you want them to complete this task, but you keep giving them all these side missions to do. Hey, I need yes. you to do this. Hey, I need you to do this. There it's going to take a very long time to complete the primary task or maybe they won't complete it at all. Yeah. Fasting frees up that time and allows them to just work on that task of healing the body and restoring the body and balancing hormones and all of these things. And fasting is just amazing approach to, to dealing with a lot of different things yeah. without having to specifically target. Cause I, I think I like a lot of times we're trying to target. How can I fix my thyroid? Cause my thyroid yeah. isn't working. Well, what's causing the disruption? What's causing it to be overproductive or under, you know, under production. So, um, we, we did add an, another question. This question is kind of, um, I guess for both it is, it's to me, but I'm going to ask you as well. I'll give my opinion. Uh, distilled water, mineral water or tap water. Um, is, is it okay? Uh, so I would, I would say that distilled water is my recommendation. Now there's a couple of reasons why I recommend distilled water, but distilled water, number one, it's pure water. So we need to understand that because people think it's some weird thing. It's just pure, pure water. And the reason I recommend it is because if you go and buy spring water, which is the traditionally recommended water, um, you don't know what they're putting in the water. They, they add minerals, they add stuff to it sometimes, or sometimes they're just taking tap water and filtering it. And so uh, at least with the distillation process, all that stuff is removed. And then if you want to add your own minerals to it, you know what's being put in there. So right. that's my recommendation. I like distilled water. Shane, what do you think? Yeah, I definitely wouldn't disagree. Here's here's why there's a debate. Uh, d distilled water also removes the trace minerals. There's no trace minerals. So if you have very clean mineral water or even um, reverse osmosis, very clean water, it has the, the minerals in it, the trace minerals. And usually, you know, let's say a running stream off of a mountain, it uh, it's collecting all the dirt and the soot and the things like that. So, and it, it, all those minerals are in that water where rainwater doesn't have any. 
And so distilled is you're not giving your body any trace minerals, which the thought is that's good because now it can pull from its own resources. And again, incorporating autophagy and different things. And so, um, I, yeah, that, that one is, it can go back and forth. It depends on your goal. Personally, I didn't do distilled water uh, because if I went to buy it, it was in a plastic container. And then you have the BPA issues. You have how clean is that water? But if you can heat it up or make your own distilled and very clean, very pure, I think that's a good way to go. Um, mineral water, who's the company? Where does it come from? Uh, what type of container? Uh, tap water is probably not good. The chlorine, the parts per million is high. Um, and so, uh, and then people ask about carbonated. Well, carbonate's not real good on the system, the CO2, you know, the carbonation process. Uh, however, I would have a, a drink of, of carbonated mm -hmm. water a day. You know, it just helped to take that edge off. So I would agree. I would say distilled if possible, or if not, get some very clean, clean water, maybe through, a, a, you know, they have a lot of these water stores now that have huge purification systems. Um, but I think the only difference between those and distilled is they still maintain the trace minerals in them. Right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, there's there's um, I think it'll be an everlasting debate. I would just say definitely stay away from tap water. Yeah, definitely stay away from like uh, like, you know, what I mean, the little cheap Brita filters and stuff yeah. like that. Um, good, you want to yeah. be more intentional with your water. Uh, let's see. I think we got another one here. Can you still lose weight on a 25 day water fast if you're not busy at all? Like if you're on vacation and just in the bed the whole day, please. <laughs> so if you're, I guess if you're not active, if you're not. Physically oh yeah. You're going to, you're going to lose. Well, here's why. Uh, what's her name? I can't quite see her name. Um, E R A H era. Yeah. Here, here's, here's why fasting, um, is going to, you're going to lose weight regardless is your body. Even if you just lay in bed and do nothing, there's something called a basal metabolic rate or a base metabolic rate where your, your eye blinking or your brain thinking or your, your mm -hmm. function, your nervous system or your cardiovascular system, all of that burns energy. So if I just, if I just lay in bed and don't do anything, I guarantee I'm burning a good 1500 calories a day, uh, 1800 calories a day. And so a pound of fat is 3500 calories. And so just doing nothing, Usually you burn about a pound a day. However, you're going to burn one, two, three, four, five, six pounds. Uh, I'm not sorry, not a day. You'll burn two, three pounds a day for the first week. The first week, I mean, I lost probably 12, 15 pounds. But then after that, it slows down. Now that the water stored in your muscle, muscle bellies and now your glucose is gone and now your digestive tract is free, you're really burning about a half a pound a day. So it slows down to about a half a pound to a pound a day that you're losing. So to answer your question, yes, you will still lose weight absolutely doing nothing. I would recommend <clears throat> resting and not doing much mm -hmm. because when you start to do a lot of activity, again, that's where your that's where your body will begin to burn muscle as fuel gluconeogenesis, creating glucose from nothing. It can take from your body. Think about this. Chris, look at the difference between a long-distance runner and a sprinter. Mm -hmm. Man, that sprinter is, is built. He's mm -hmm. what they call jacked. You know, he's, <laughs> he looks, I think of Bo Jackson, you know, back that yeah. was in my day. And these, but then you look at a long-distance runner, it's like, like, are they sick? <laughs> right. what's the difference you see their body needed to pull from the muscle for fuel 
because it was long distance where the 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 sprinter 100 yard dash boom this it's 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 quick energy it's quick burst it's it's, it's using that glycogen quickly so mm. when you get into fasting if you start to be too active think of that long distance runner you you can start to pull from some of the muscle but my thought is I mean, I'll lose a little bit of muscle, but I can build it back. And the, the, if you weigh it on the scale, the fasting and all the benefits far, 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 far outweigh maybe losing a pound or two of muscle. As a matter of fact, I believe you can actually build muscle better once your body has been reset and cleansed. And now you can pack on muscle mass, depending on your age. You know, as I get older, uh, that's getting getting definitely more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And that that was what my brother did. So, his, I mean, his his physique was amazing. Um, yeah. You know, lost uh, 100 pounds, 102 pounds, something like that. Um, built some amazing... 90, 90 days, so he fasted on and off? He did. Oh, that was Steven. You're talking about Steven. So, I'm talking about John. John did... Um, he fasted for two months initially. Not, not straight. He was doing... Um, he started with like a eight day fast, might have okay. did a 10 day fast, and then he was doing our five two. So fasting for five days and then eating for two days. So basically, did- that, that might be a good strategy for some people listening is basically he fasted as long as he could and then ate a little bit, kept, kept his calories low, then fasted again, kept his, kept his calories somewhat low, then fasted again. So it was a constant, a constant hitting of the, um, and that's why people make the mistake of fasting and then they just go back to the old lifestyle and they gain the weight back because right. body is not adjusted. So, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Little known fact, um, just referring to this, this question earlier, um, you, you lose most of your weight while you're sleeping. So, um, it has, it has something to do. Well, first of all, most of the weight is coming out through your breath. A lot of people think it's feces and urine, um, or even sweat. It's actually through your breath and then you breathe more naturally at night. But the point is you're right, re- you're asleep, you're resting, you're not even exercising, you're not doing anything. Um, and you're going to lose the majority of your weight overnight and you all can just test it. If you, if you're, especially if you're actively fasting is really easy. Weigh yourself, you know, two or three times a day, same same time, maybe right before you go to sleep, right after you wake up, maybe midday, and you'll you'll see um, you lose most of your weight overnight. Um, had another question here, and there's and then, a little bit uh, to that. I can I can even add on that, Chris. Is uh, with fasting, you get some really deep REM sleep. You go into a much deeper because now you're off of caffeine. You're off. You're off. You're off the stimulus of food. I mean, let's be honest. Most of, most of us eat right before bed, and so now you got the digestion taking place and things. So you get deeper, more healthy sleep. Not only that, if you're not drinking water, nothing, your body begins to repair during this. That's actually people don't know this. Your muscle isn't built in the gym. Your muscle is actually broken down in the gym. Right. It's built when you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And the body takes the nutrients and begins to b- rebuild those muscle fibers that were torn down, fast, fast twitch, slow twitch muscle fibers that were torn down. So same thing with fasting. During that sleeping, the body is in a deep cleansing aspect, and it's just the energy of, of burning fuel is taking place. You're not drinking any water, so you're not taking in any sodium, any any water weight, and you wake up uh, at a much lower weight. And that's usually why that happens is all those great things are working towards you. And don't be discouraged. And, Sometimes I only got four hours of sleep, but I would pop out of bed at 3.30 in the morning, no caffeine. It felt good. Ready to go. <laughs> it took a while, 
Um, but then sometimes I would sleep for nine hours and just feel incredible when I got up. And it's just letting your body basically let nature take care of your, itself. Let how God designed you, let it run its course and, uh, don't, don't try to help it out too much. That's a, that's a great point. Uh, the sleep is so important. Um, my dreams came back when I started fasting and, and changing yeah. my habits and drinking water. Um, and that was a sign that I was getting into that deep, that deep, restful, re regener regenerative sleep that um, a lot of us start missing. I mean, I haven't had dreams like my dreams probably sub subsided maybe when I was like 13 or 15. Um, so just imagine going all that time and not truly getting restful sleep. Yeah. It's a major epidemic, honestly. Well, well, the reason is, and you know, I'm, again, I'm just trying to shoot people straight. I've did a lot of research on this topic as well. And what they're finding is um, a lot of our health issues, a lot of overweight, it's because we're not getting that deep rejuvenating sleep. And what's happening, not, not to mention the food I mentioned right before um, you go to sleep, but you know, I'm going to hit a taboo right here, but caffeine consumption, 90% uh, of our population is having a lot of caffeine. And even when you get over 500 milligrams of caffeine, the the diagnostic manual for mental disorders begins mm. to list caffeine-related disorders. And if you have it even after 12 o'clock noon, it has a half-life. Wow. And so you're going to sleep. You're not really sleeping because you're still in fight-or-flight mode. Your adrenaline is high. You're, you're, it's, it's a central nervous stimulant. So you can't mm. go to sleep really well. Mm. Now, people say, but Shane, I fall asleep just fine. No, what you do is you pass out from adrenal fatigue. Mm. You're, not getting, you're not getting that deep, deep, deep sleep. So I would recommend if you can get off of caffeine for a season, maybe wean off, wean off, or just if you have to have your one little cup, have it at six or seven in the morning, no caffeine the rest of the day, and you watch, you watch how dramatic your sleep will be improved. And that's why we're not really getting deep sleep. Nobody wants to talk about it, but it has to do with the food we're eating and right before bed, junk food. And then also, I mean, how many people have a mid-afternoon wake-me-up? The, right. the, the monster drink is oh. off the chart. These, these drinks, I see guys walking around 250 milligrams at five o'clock in the afternoon, and you think you're going to get a good night's sleep? It's, it's absolutely impossible. It's impossible. You'll pass out. You'll pass out from sheer exhaustion, but you're up a couple times urinating. You can't get a good night's sleep. And then what do we do to fix the problem? Here it is again, 200, 300 milligrams in the morning. A Starbucks Vente has over 500 milligrams of caffeine. So we are just, we're just, we're never, never giving the body time to rest because it is, it's a central nervous stimulant. I don't know if people know that's a drug. It's a central nervous stimulant. Hey, and this is coming from someone who I, I love coffee. I love maybe a small cup in the morning from diner time or some green tea. So I'm not against you, but I'm just telling you, if you want to sleep well, you want to take care of your body, you want to stop snapping at people, being irritated with your kids, being in a bad mood, th this creates all that because you're constantly in fight or flight because that's what it does to your body. Okay, my rant is over. Hey, if y'all are enjoying this, <laughs> no, that was good. I'm, I'm gonna follow up on it. But if y'all are enjoying this, please hit the like button. Uh, this is this has been phenomenal, uh, Shane. You're such a wealth of information and knowledge. Um, I wanted to, you know, just just piggyback. Caffeine is is um, it's a drug, and it's probably the most abused drug, um, and nobody is aware of it, and so. We have to view it that way. Same yeah. thing with sugar. I yeah. think people are more aware of sugar than they are of caffeine. I mean, it's, it is so commonplace to have coffee and drink boatloads of coffee. And also when you, when you're taking like 
certain sleep aids, it's the same thing. You think, okay, I'm taking the sleep aid. It helps me sleep. It it really doesn't. Yeah, you pass out, but you're not getting restful sleep. And so it's not really solving that problem. You got to approach this naturally. And um, I have found that I'm not a coffee drinker, but for my friends that do drink coffee, when they start fasting or even if not, not even fasting, I put one of my friends just I said, have a have a gallon of water a day. Just drink a Mm -hmm. gallon of water a day. You know, Um, you want to drink 12 ounces at a time, no more than 16 ounces an hour. Just sip on water all day long. The next two over the course of two days. She was like, Yo, I don't even need coffee anymore. I thought because I told her you got to stop drinking the coffee. There was a, it was a regimen I put her on. Um, but she's like, I don't even need it because she was getting the water. So um, the next question we got, Jack O'Connor, do you recommend cardio while fasting as an experienced faster? If so, is there a limit on intensity? OK, that's a good question. I, I want to just interject you quickly what you said about coffee, because, Chris, you're so right. Did you know? people don't realize caffeine is a diuretic. So if you're not, if you're not drinking enough water and then you're taking a lot of caffeine, you're actually in a dehydrated state. Mm -hmm. So talk about health issues, hydration and good sleep are probably the top two things we need. Uh, But anyway, to answer his question, is it, um, he's asking how much cardio should we do when we're fasting? And he's an experienced faster. How much cardio should he be doing? Is it okay to do cardio? Is it your recommendation? And then what's the intensity if you do recommend it? Well, I, I would I would say this. First, I would have to know the person's goal. You know, if they're trying to trying to heal the body, then I would avoid exercise because, you know, exercise is hard on the body. It's stress mm-hmm. on the body. It has good, good benefits, but also, so I would just let the body heal if you're trying to heal. But if you're trying to lose weight, um, I actually would go take a walk in the desert. So instead of of jogging long, or long bike rides or hard interval training and, and burning a thousand calories, I'd probably burn 200 calories. Just get some sun, get some vitamin D, just walk and just pray. And just, I would be moving and active. And for two reasons, number one, I really didn't have the energy to, to work out hard. I was kind of just getting a deep funk, you know, your body's just cleaning itself out. Um, but then uh, like around, uh, on, on one fast I did on day six, the energy was out of the room. I wanted to clean my house. Yeah. I wanted to go. I wanted to go on a long jog, and then I could. I worked on my book, and it was just like I have so much energy. I don't know what to do with it. And so in that case, I was able to kind of you know work. So it depends on the body, what the person's goal is. I wouldn't force uh, cardio, hard cardio, just to just to do it, thinking okay, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit my goal even quicker because it could backfire. And you mm-hmm. could actually lose some muscle mass and you could wear your body down instead of really strengthen it during the fast. So if you're he's saying he's an experienced faster, then, um, you know, cardio is uh, is OK. And it's really it would be up to your own personal preference. Um, you will hit you will lose more weight. Um, I, I remember doing reading a study on a guy who fasted 28 days, but he lost 44 pounds in 28 days. But he was very, very active. And um, he found for him, it was a little counterproductive because he lost a lot of muscle mass and Mm. it really, it really didn't benefit to the degree he wanted to. Sure. He lost a lot of weight, but you can't lose. Think about a pound of fat is 3,500 calories. So even if you're losing a pound a day, um, I guarantee it's not all just fat. 
if you're exercising, you're 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 switching in and from 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 your, your protein muscle. Amino acids can be broken down for fuel, uh, but nobody knows exactly what that formula is. That's why it's tough. So I would leave it up to you, depending on what your goals are. Mm. Um, I, I I did some cardio when I was fasting, but not much and not high intensity. It just it kind of felt good, you know, to get out, walk around, stay a little active. I just I just couldn't do a lot of. I didn't have a lot of energy. Right. Yeah. You know, listening to your body is is definitely key. Understanding the signals that your body's sending is also part of that, because a lot of people misunderstand the signals the body sends. Um, and it's important to get the lymphatic system moving. You know, yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't like the idea of someone literally just sleeping for 30 days, right. and, you know, just laying around in bed. It is important to move. Um, but well, to exercise. To well, well, I was going to say, also, what happens if you're just laying around, uh, you can you can do damage to your muscle. Atrophy can take place. Exactly. You know, that, exactly. that old saying, you don't use it, you will lose it. And that's what happened. Uh, I mentioned that guy up in, up in that cube for 44 days. He was atrophied. He lost because he didn't move at all. So I think we need to be moving <laughs> out. But if you look at the fasting clinics, you know, mm-hmm. that where people go there for three weeks or four weeks, they just have them lay down and rest because they're trying to do some very, very deep healing because a lot right, of these people right, have right. some really, but, I, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think, I don't think it's even practical. I don't think we are designed how God designed us during seasons of fasting. Like when Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, uh, I don't think he just set, lay down somewhere the whole time. You know, there was right. walking, there was engagement. Um, and so I, I think you definitely can stay active, but you, you hit the nail on the head. Listening to your body is key. I would not push it too hard during fasting. But if you feel like, hey, I, I feel like going on a long walk right now, I would go for it. Yeah, that's um, I call that the Goldilocks zone. The first time that I experienced that, it was around the same time frame as you, maybe between five and eight days. I felt incredible. And it's kind of a it's kind of a, a, a you can look forward it's you kind of can see the benefit of fasting, the true benefit of fasting when you get this glimpse, yeah. the energy, the clarity, um, this overwhelming sense of just wellness and, and well-being. And you want to do the right thing for yourself. It's it's amazing. And it's not a guarantee that you're going to experience it in, you know, six days or whatever. Uh, I think if you're a regular faster and you do the prolonged fast, you will eventually experience it. Yeah. But it's it's just an amazing thing. Um, and Sam, I, should, I, sh- I should note this real quick. Um, mm-hmm. On this forty day, I never hit that euphoria. Interesting. It was just it was just kind of <laughs> grin and bearing it. Like you know, I mean, I shouldn't say it was it was. There were some highs and some lows, but it was that that massive amount of energy. What happens is when your body switches to ketones. Ketones is a very clean, clean, clean mm-hmm. uh, energy source. And so when you hit that sweet spot, but I never did. But I think I think many people will. As long as they, you know, just just keep the problem is with so many of us who we quit fasting right when the deep healing benefits begin. That's that's for the, sure that reality. But anyway, sorry, you're going to ask a question. Yeah, I was going to uh, I was I wanted to give you an opportunity to speak about the the spiritual aspect of fasting. Yeah. One thing that I noticed was when I did my very first fast, my goal was 40 days. I did not hit it. I, I think I did 13. This is like seven years ago, um, never done a long-term fast, didn't really understand what I understand now. But I I just remember thinking that for me, 
prayer and having a connection with God was important. It helped me. And I actually hear a lot of people talk about how they performed these long fasts when it was with their church or when it was for God. But then yeah. when they try to do it strictly for health, they have difficulty. So yes. um, can can you speak on the, the you know, the benefit of that connection? Yeah, I, I think so. But we might have to go back quite a bit in my younger years. I mean, what happened for me is um, I walked away from God, walked away from God's word, began to question the Bible, prodigal son story. You know, you've heard that. And then my late 20s, God just broke me completely um, from relationally, career, finances. And I just, the, uh, like the prodigal son, I, I was eating with the pigs, metaphorically speaking. And and uh, I just came to myself and I just I just repented and and gave my life back to the Lord and everything changed at the joy of the Lord finally filled my heart. Just I felt with just the word of God came alive. I loved worship music and I was just a changed man from that day forward. And so what happens is um, I didn't know anything about fasting. So I'm reading the Bible. It would pop up. It would pop up. It would pop up. And uh, reading all the early church fathers, reading uh, early church Christian history and fasting was a pretty big pretty big thing. It was pretty common. Uh, and we just kind of drifted away from that. And I believe what happens is, biblically speaking, we've got this war inside, the war of the flesh. The old Shane Eidelman wants to take me out. The old Shane Eidelman wants to go back to the party scene of drugs and alcohol and steroids and, and crystal meth and smoking weed and all that. And, and, and wants to eat too much. It wants to go back to. The, so I've got this this pull of the flesh inside of me. And then I've got now this, this new nature in, in Christ and, and, and that, that, that's wanting to draw me closer to God. And so what fasting does is it starves those fleshly appetites. I'm basically telling King stomach to shut your mouth. Let me focus on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And there's something dynamic that happens when you starve those fleshly appetites, you really, the flesh loses strength. Mm. And now because of that, now there's more spiritual clarity. I mean, I get up now at four in the morning. It's been consistent probably for 20 some years. And I just have worship on for an hour, hour and a half. And God is just pouring into my heart. And that's where a lot of my sermons come from. A lot of my articles I write, I write nationally. I write articles on certain themes. And it's all just, just, just the fullness of God's spirit inside of me. And so that's the benefit of fasting is you're starving. And you're actually saying, I'm giving up this appetite, which is a God-given appetite, food's not bad, but I, I have a greater appetite. God, I need to seek you. I need to find you. And the more I seek him, the more I find him. And so as I'm starving the flesh, I'm being more full of God's spirit. And uh, and it's just an incredible experience. Sometimes there's lows, though. I believe mm -hmm. in a demonic realm as well. And I believe in the demonic realm, Jesus said, this kind does not come out except through prayer and fasting, talking about this kind of demonic oppression upon a person. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we've got to go in there and we've got to pull out the big sledgehammer and we've got to keep hitting this, this wall and breaking it down one brick at a time, one brick at a time. And that's what fasting does as well for me. So, <clears throat> but to answer your question, when a person does it just for physical benefits, they are relying on their own self-discipline. When they do it for spiritual be benefits, they're asking God's grace to help. And God says, I will resist the proud, but I'll give grace to the humble. And God, God I believe you, you definitely feel better when it's spiritually because you're like, Lord, I can't. I'm hungry, but I'm giving this to you. I can't continue, but I'm giving this to you. I need your strength right now. And so now you're relying on his strength instead of your strength. And that's why it's a lot easier to see it through. For me, a spiritual fasting is a lot easier because with spiritual fasting, I'm not compromising with physical fasting. I'm like, oh, can I, I'm just going to grab some cashews right now. Gotcha. I'll, I'll, I'll start tomorrow. 
Uh, I just need to have, but we're spiritually, I'm just Lord. It's all you. I, I can't do this without your strength or without you. And it's been, it's made a major difference in, in my life as well. But again, doesn't mean I'm perfect. The old Shane Eidelman still knocks at the door sometimes. You know, that's just part of that, that, that Adamic nature is wanting, wanting to draw us away from God. And so fasting is really fortifies Paul. The apostle Paul said he was in much fasting. Uh, Peter was fasting. <clears throat> Ezra fasted for protection. Nehemiah fasted before rebuilding the wall. Esther called a fast. Uh, in the book of Joel, God, God says, come, come my people into my house and call a fast, call a sacred assembly. And I truly believe the only hope for our nation right now, we are dying physically and we are dying spiritually. And we need, and we need fasting like never before to get into right relationship with God via repentance. Repentance is a beautiful word you won't hear very often right now. But we have to repent of our sin and embrace Christ and and let him change us from the inside out. Mm. It's interesting because, you know, just to your point, I think that fasting is becoming much more popular here recently. Mm -hmm. And that's not a coincidence. Um, It's something that I think that we were always going to end up going back to. It's, It's embedded in our history. It's an ancient practice. And you can find it throughout all ancient texts, not just yes, biblical texts. For sure. And um, even even, you know, mathematicians and philosophers, um, I can't remember if it's Hippocrates or somebody would force their or tell their uh, students, hey, you need to fast for X amount of time before you even come to work with me. I think um, it was Aristotle, Aristotle, Aristotle? for students. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So, you know, it's uh, it's actually interesting to see how much the landscape has changed versus when I just very first started talking about it, because obviously people have been talking about it for a long time, but it has definitely grown in popularity. Yeah. So, um, well, I think I think, too, it's not it's not like a passing fad. You know, my first book that people can download again for free on our church website, what works when diets don't. And that's what I talk about. There's the reasons diets don't work is you can't say, okay, I'm going to do this for 30 days. I'm going to do this for 60 days. We have a lifestyle problem. So we have to fix our lifestyle. So this isn't a fad like Atkins or carnivore Mm. or paleo or keto. And I keto, and I can talk about all those. This is a, a lifestyle of fasting is really the only thing that works is denying the flesh, Mm -hmm. letting it reset, letting the body heal, and then building on a strong platform going forward. 100%. 100%. We've got uh we've got one more question I'm going to grab and then uh we'll we'll kind of close uh this has been phenomenal. I'm I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did it live. Yeah, me um, too. Brother Jay Blaze said my son has a question. I I wanted to get the question It's for his son. Okay. <laughs> Curious is a is a colonic a good thing before I'm assume but he says boxing. I don't know if it's boxing or fasting. I don't I don't know if that was a typo. Um but we did touch on the colonics uh well the enema so Yeah. 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 He could we'll rewind. Just he's saying fasting. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If he rewinds back, you know, probably midway through, we did talk about this. Um, and I, I think you were spot on, Chris. If you're if you're feeling um, bloated and you're feeling like, you know, it would be a benefit, then I think it's good. But if you're feeling why would you do it if you're feeling pretty good? You know, that's why I, never, I don't recommend it. I don't really do it because I, I'm not feeling bloated. I'm feeling the op- a complete opposite. And actually, if you pick up some magnesium citrate at your local pharmacy and just drink a couple ounces, I wouldn't drink the whole little bottle. But that magnesium citrate actually, you know, you have to be careful because it does. It's a diuretic too. It pulls the water and puts that water into your digestive system so you, you'll flush it out. 
or the the salt and water mixes. There's different things you could do, uh, but I would only do it if you're feeling like you need it. Not going to hurt you necessarily, but um, I, I don't think it's something that it's going to make a big difference, if that makes sense, unless mm -hmm. you really need to, you feel like I've got to remove some of the stuff in me, then, you know, by all means, maybe take a different measure. Right. Excellent. All right. I want to give you an opportunity to close us out. Um, any last statements, anything that you, I know that you had mentioned um, your church website where people can go and download you. You've got two books on fasting, was it? Yeah, I've written two books on fasting, a couple books on health and fitness as well. Other books are on, on spiritual matters on, from the Christian side of things at westsidechristianfellowship.org, westsidechristianfellowship.org under free eBooks. So now granted, they're, they're on Amazon, they're on Kindle and different things, but we want to offer free resources, not about the money. So people can just download those for free at our church website. Um, but my final thoughts, you know, Chris would be, you know, there's so many people watching your, um, your feed. And I, I watched some of your videos have been helpful to me as well. I mean, just motivating me watching your videos versus, you know, the, the food network, big difference. <laughs> Right. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And what you feed on, you will become. Mm -hmm. And so I would encourage a person. I know there's people listening right now, 100 pounds overweight, 200 pounds overweight. And I just want to encourage you. It's about getting back up and falling forward. Uh, I, I, I ate pizza a week and a half ago. Somebody and I, I felt terrible. And I, I, even before that, I ate and I was gaining I was 230 pounds. I should be 185, a healthy 185. And, and I know depression can beat you up. And you can, mm. I can't do it. I've, I've done too much damage. But trust me, the journey of a thousand miles starts with that first step. And you can download some of these books, get motivated, fall forward. You don't look at the scale every day. Look at it every week, possibly. Begin to make lifestyle changes. That's the key. We get hooked and we get stuck in bad lifestyle changes and we can't seem to break out. So you need to understand you can fall forward. You can get back up. Even if you don't see immediate results, you keep eating healthy, intermittent fasting, fasting and you just keep working towards your goal. Uh, we are we are surrounded by a world that tells us self-discipline isn't important. It's very important. We're surrounded by a world that doesn't teach perseverance and fortitude and strength and falling forward. All these biblical principles that are so important. Yes, it's tough. Yes, it's difficult. But you ex you either experience the pain of regret or the pain of discipline. Those are those are our two choices. And so I just want to encourage those listeners you might have blown it a thousand times. You might be in your third recovery home. You might have, have, have just have just really gone over the top and you're obese and you're morbidly obese and you don't know what to do. There is hope, but you got to turn to the right source. You've got to, I believe, turn completely to God and give him your your life completely and then allow him to, to fill you and direct you. And, and you have now you have the truth guiding you and then you can just fall forward and start making lifestyle changes. Okay, you blew it. You blew it yesterday. Get back on track. Oh, I ate something I shouldn't have. Okay. We all have. Get back on track. See, it's all about, I'm not giving a person excuses to, to indulge. I hope, you know, you realize that. But I am telling them, get back on track and fall forward. All these people you see succeed. You're looking at, you know, 40 days. Wow. Do you know how many times I blew it before this 40 days? Even during the 40 days, during mm -hmm. Mother's Day, you know, grab some cashews. Oh, my gosh. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I just preached my heart out three times on Easter and, and had a protein shake. And, but I'm not going to beat myself up about it. God is not looking for perfection, but direction. So I think people just need to be encouraged. Mm. You can do it. It might take you a year. It might take six months. It might be you need to tell some of those ungodly relationships to hit the road. You need to give up some of that fast food. You need to get back into um, 
you know, healthy living. And actually, if people follow me on my YouTube channel, Shane Eidelman on YouTube, I have something called the Pantry Pastor, where I'll go in and I'll take out all the bad food from a refrigerator and a pantry, and I'll put in all life-giving food. And the mm. people begin to educate themselves. And I think it's okay to intermittent fast. You don't need breakfast. You don't need to eat all the time. You don't need to grab snacks. You know, that's a big, that helped me a lot. You don't have to snack all the time. Those chips look good. I don't need them. Those the, I don't need them. We're, we're snacking all the time. And so mm -hmm. I don't think we realize how many calories that are adding up. So if you start to make these little changes, intermittent fasting, water fast when you can, healthy, God-given food in moderation, begin, turn off the media and get outside and walk and bike ride, those things will eventually help you reach your goal big time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent final statements. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to put anything else on top of that. I think we've, we've done really well today. I did put up this final comment. Jennifer Bless said, I feel like I prayed for you to to talk like this. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So um, our, our uh, meeting here was predestined or someone I, someone yeah. put a little word in. Yeah, um, <laughs> I appreciate your time. I, I know the, the audience really appreciates the community, appreciates you coming and sharing your wisdom and uh, this has opened up a new door for me. So I like this. Yeah. We, we're probably going to have to do this again. We um, can do part part two and answer some of the, the Bible questions that come in. Because I know a lot of people, that's a big thing. You know, and I've looked at biblically, I've looked at it archaeologically, prophetically, historically, scientifically. The word of God is an Aaron. It stands the test of time. To me, there's no doubt, no question. And once I, once I got rid of that struggle in the 20s and when I was in my 20s, Mm -hmm. it, it realizing that it is absolute truth, it was really changed my life completely. And so we're not just believing pie in the sky. I mean, you, you can, it's actually substantiated. It's, it's confirmed. And, uh, and that's a whole nother topic, but I think that'd be interesting too. And how, but how does fasting tie in? In other words, people say, well, okay, the Bible talks about fasting. How can we rely? How do you know the Bible is true? And so that's a whole nother, another topic. I, I like to tell, I like to look, I do my own research. I do yes. my own, I do my own experiences. I put things to the test. I hear something. It resonates. I just, I just do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's see. Let's document. You know, everybody can be their own little scientist. Uh, we don't have to rely on other people to tell us things. Exactly. We're all, we all have this information. We just have to, you know, be intentional about accessing it. Yes. So, um, yeah, this is, this has been amazing. Um, I hope you all appreciate it. Don't forget to hit the thumbs up button. Make sure to subscribe. Um, my goal here is to do quite a few more interviews and things like this um, coming up here in the near future. I actually have another interview scheduled, so we're going to be doing another one. It won't be live, but, um, you know, make sure you subscribe. And as always, the application of knowledge is power. And we'll see you all next time. Have a blessed day, everybody. Right. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. All right. Good job. Thanks a lot, Shane. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Eidelman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidelman.com. Again, that's shaneidelman.com. Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. 
Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these eBooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.